0: I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Heidi. We have 30 years combined experience in the beauty industry that we want to share with you. We want to help you build a strong foundation for a better beauty
1: business. All right, you got to have some issues to work through. (laughs) (laughs) I did push the right button though this morning. Yep like eight times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this morning we have an amazing guest. We do. And it's actually someone I've known for a really long time. We actually met in LA in makeup school and we worked together for a while and then we kind of parted ways. And then she moved back home and I moved back home and you know, she's done some amazing things with her beauty career. So without any further ado, (laughs) Amber, I'm going to let you introduce yourself.
2: Hi guys, I am so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me and asking me to be a part of this awesome podcast. Um, so my name's Amber Kwong. I have been in the beauty industry, gosh, for 17, 18 years now, which is crazy. I still can't believe it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, so I have a home-based studio in Maryland where I have been doing lashes uh, for over 10 years now. And I'm also a Bella Lash educator coming into two years this year. Um, and I've kind of moved away from doing makeup more so now. Lashes is really fully my whole passion. So, um, but yeah, I got to meet Jess when I went out to California as well, uh, to the makeup school that she was working at. Mm-hmm. And that was even just an amazing experience. I know when I listened to your podcast that you were on, Jeff, when Heidi was interviewing you, Yeah, um, I had a similar situation, I feel like, when I first started out. Because when I graduated mm-hmm. from high school, I also uh, didn't want to go to college. It was nothing that really interested me at that time. But my parents were like, you need to get a college degree. Um, Makeup wasn't really known to be as a career. (laughs) You just really kind of thought that people worked at a counter. And my parents were like, do you want to do that the rest of your life? So I went to Salisbury University for a semester and I hated it. It, I just was getting myself in trouble. It just wasn't anything that I was interested in. And so I was like, you know, I want to go and do makeup and I want to learn from the best of the best. And at that time, you didn't really have any schools in Maryland that were doing that, that were specifically for makeup. I wasn't interested in becoming an esthetician. I didn't want to do cosmetology school and have to learn about hair. Um, that just wasn't for me. Oh, we're with you on that.
1: We're both over here making faces about having to do hair. (laughs) We're like,
2: oh, me too. Yeah. So not
0: that it's a bad thing.
2: (laughs) Right. Exactly. I just knew that I was like, I don't want to have to do hair and then just learn one day of makeup because that just wasn't for me. I wanted to strictly do makeup. So I knew that that was either going to be California or New York. And I'm Mm -hmm. more of a California girl. So I moved out to California when I was 17, out on my own to go to Westmore Academy of Cosmetic Arts, which actually, I don't think that they're even around anymore. Is that right, Jeff? They
1: are not. They were bought out, I believe, by, um, I just lost the name of it, but it's a big beauty school. Um, what's one of the big ones? That I've, or something like that? No, I it's um, the big, it starts uh, with an E. Yeah. Um, uh, you, old crap. you know which one I'm talking about. I they do. own like a hundred schools in the country. Oh, when wow. I looked, I believe they bought the program. The Something I, th- Academy, okay. I think, it? um, yeah. Why can I not think of what it is? I don't know. But anyways, um, I think Christy who used to, who was one of my roommates when I lived out there, I believe she stayed on with them even after they were sold and helped oh, wow. do their um, admissions and stuff for a while. And then um, she moved on from there. But I do believe they just added it into their um, program. Okay, yeah.
2: cool. Yeah, because, I mean, Westmore, for me, was an amazing experience. Well, really quick, but the way that, yeah. I was
1: going to um, mention, did you see that Marvin died last year?
2: No, I did not. Yeah, wow. I saw that he passed
1: away, like, right after Thanksgiving,
2: Wow, oh, that's sad. No, but he I was like eighty-nine, so so he's had a great long life, and right. what a legacy! I mean, his whole family has left, especially in the beauty industry. I right. still will watch when they like have face-off. Right, and I still see that you know they're a part of that as well. So. Right. Wow. Um, But yeah, Westmore was such a positive experience for me because it was such a hands-on thing. And I felt like for makeup, you need to have that hands-on. I don't want to just learn from a computer or whatnot. So I thought that that was a fantastic experience, especially because you could do beauty and special effects while you were at that school. So um, that was a great way for me to get started um, in doing makeup for my career out there. And I loved actually being out in L.A. Um, of course, you have to put in your time and your dues. I know you also mentioned like you could be working 16 hours for a $30 kit fee and, right. and have that be that. Um, so that was a little challenging for sure. But I finally felt like I was making my way um, out there and getting some big work that I was working at Stan Winston Studios. And then unfortunately, I had a fire in my apartment and I didn't have any runner's insurance.
1: oh no everything
2: I owned and that was just such a big hit it was a lot to take in especially you know I lost my whole kit all of my clothes I was actually working on a movie at the time where I was doing special effects okay and I had three prosthetic arms that I had lost in the fire each were (gasps) $1,800 that they had already given me to make them and so I remember calling the producers and I was like I had a fire, I lost these arms. And of course they were, sorry to hear that, but they were like, we already paid you for those and we still have to shoot. So Uh. I remember spending that night in the studio asking favors of friends to make these arms as I'm crying, being like, what's happened to my life? (laughs) What is going on? So it just was a really big hit. I finished that movie and then I was like, I just need to take a break and go home and just like get back on my feet and give myself a little bit time off. Um, so that's what caused me to come back to Maryland. And um, that was a huge, a huge change. You know, from right. out in California, I could work on a music video or a photo shoot or get to do special effects one day. Where in Maryland, it was like really just getting to do makeup for little 70-year-olds in the salon. You know, it was a very big change where I was like, oh my gosh, what's right. going on with this too? Um, so I started working at a salon. Where I actually went in as just a front desk because obviously there's a hierarchy in a salon as well. You got to move your way up to even be able to do makeup there.
1: Okay. But um,
2: you didn't have to be licensed
1: to- in Maryland to no. do makeup?
2: When I first went into um, the salon, you just had to have some type of certificate. Oh, okay. So Westmore Academy certificate was enough for them. Oh. They have since even taken away any type of licensing that you need in Maryland to be a makeup artist, which I think is a little crazy. Right. Um, just for sanitation reasons alone.
1: They're trying to do that, that here, actually, and they're actually trying to deregulate eyelash extensions here, which I uh, think yeah, is so horrible, but... It,
2: in Maryland, you actually have to have no prerequisite to even be able to get trained for lashes. Like, you can literally go out of high school and say that you want to get certified.
1: Right. And take, you know, a
2: two-day class and then have that be that. Where well, I know, like, in... Go
0: ahead. That's how it was. That's how it was in Wyoming when lashes first started. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they regulated it. Yeah. And then started teaching it in the schools. And now they want to deregulate it. There's a few things they want to deregulate. Yeah,
1: there's actually quite a bit they're trying to deregulate right now for us. But like you said, for the sanitation purposes, it's kind of like.
0: Well, you're sticking something in someone's eye. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah.
1: When I went into the salon, I actually, the reason I became an esthetician is because I couldn't even do makeup in a salon in Wyoming without being licensed. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's actually why I I got my esthetician.
2: Yeah, it's wild that it's not universal, that some states are saying, hey, no, anybody can do this. And now with that being said, I think that that kind of hurts our industry at the same time because of that you know you have somebody who says like for for me where I specialized in doing airbrush makeup Mm -hmm. um, and then there would be people who say I'm an airbrush artist and somebody would have a horrible experience with that and I found that those were typically the people that were just learning from YouTube I'm not knocking that but I've spent a lot of time and money in my career for my education right so I felt like that kind of hurts our industry when people say oh yeah I'm an airbrush artist and they've just kind of been learning from YouTube
1: videos or the ones who buy their eyelash kits on Amazon and they buy really bad glue and they're doing them you know on their living room floor and you know and I know people have to start somewhere but these people are charging like ten dollars and people's lashes are falling out and they're getting eye infections and it was very exhausting to watch here because I can't like I've actually stopped doing eyelashes because I don't make any money doing them because okay. we can't, you can't really charge more than like a hundred bucks, maybe 120 for a full set, maybe. Wow. And wow. a fill, you really can't go over about 50 bucks.
2: Wow. That's wild. Cause here in Maryland, so like my full sets now are 325. And my fill-ins are 90s for people to come in just to get them Well, there's them up. so many
0: people um, doing it here. So, so many. And yeah, you wow. can go to the beauty schools. Yeah, they're going to the beauty school
1: now. for 50 bucks and getting a set. And they're like, no, this is great. So they're just, people are doing that. I actually, I stopped doing makeup too because it wasn't worth my time to do a wedding when someone else yeah, was doing yeah. a wedding for 40 bucks. Like, I'll do your hair yeah. and makeup for 40 bucks. And people are like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, I guess you get what you pay for, but I can't, yeah, I didn't want to continue down that road either.
2: Yeah, definitely. I can absolutely understand that. Who would want to continue down that road? Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I know um, for me, so when I started doing makeup at the salon, mm-hmm. I finally got my chance to make parts that they had there didn't show up for a wedding that they had come in. And so I was like, hey, tag me in. Let me show you what I can do. Right. Um, and so that was like my opportunity to show them that I knew what I was doing. Um, and they had not seen airbrush makeup at that time. I feel like we kind of learned airbrush back when it first was really coming out, right. um, which definitely helped in my career as well. But from that point, it definitely solidified my position as a makeup artist and as a salon manager for the nice. salon I was working at. And so from there, um, my market in Maryland for makeup, I found out, was weddings. It be we, right. a destination with having the Naval Academy, with being near Washington, D.C., that there were so many weddings. So once I was able to kind of tap into that and see what my market was, I became very busy and grew a pretty loyal following from that. And I had a lot more experience than other people did in my area, especially with airbrush. Right. So um, I was able to start bringing in to the salon a really good bridal business. And that's when I first heard about eyelash extensions. I had never heard about them before. And I had some brides inquiring if I did them. And I was like, well, you know, let me see what this is. I've done clusters. I've done strips um, just for day of. And so when I looked into it, I was like, wow, this is definitely going to be the next big beauty thing. I mm-hmm. knew it was going to be huge mm-hmm, right.
0: um,
2: for, for brides, for just everyday clients. And so I started doing my research. And at that time, there was really only three big companies that were um, known in the lash world. Nova Lash, Extreme, and Bella Lash were the ones that I had heard of at that time. Right. And so I, I did my research and I was like, okay, I know who's training around here I went around the salon and I started talking to clients, asking if I got certified, would they let me practice on them at a super discounted rate, just so that way I could practice my craft. Right. And, um, I went around and I got 20 people who signed up within the first day Wow. And I uh, decided that I was going to do that. So I went home, I created a PowerPoint presentation because I wanted to go to the owners and ask them if they would go in half on the tuition for, for me to get certified. Right. Cause it's not so
1: inexpensive. Because I've done the last right. training. It is not inexpensive.
2: Not
0: cheap,
2: right. <laughs> so I um, went to the salon. I had a meeting with the owners. I felt great about it. I was saying, look, you know, I've got these 20 people already. I know it'll be busy. All my brides will commit to it. And they turned me down pretty quickly. They told me no, that they didn't think it would be successful. um, That they had had an esthetician in there before who tried to do something with a semi-permanent lash adhesive. And they said there were issues with adhesive and that they would have to charge a really high price to even make it worth it um, for them to do. So I told them I respected their opinion, but I was then going to go get certified and do it on my own. So I went um, and got certified back in November 2010. And I started taking people in my one-bedroom apartment in my kitchen. I would go work at the salon, and then I would take clients after or vice versa, take them in the morning and then go to work just so that way I can start practicing. Um, And I fell in love with the craft pretty quickly, I think, especially because it's such an instant gratification and (laughs) seeing people feel good about themselves was amazing that I could do that. There's not many jobs I feel like that you can make people feel good about themselves. So that was something that I loved um, about it. And then my um, husband was like, you know, I think you need to go out and just give this a try by yourself. At that time, I started having brides who wanted me to go to their hotels versus coming into the salon. Um, Obviously, the owners wanted me to bring them into the salon. And so my husband is like, you just got to give yourself a shot. If it doesn't work, then you can always go back to a salon, but you'll never know if you really just don't try. So um, I left December 2010 at the salon. uh, And at that time, I only had 16 weddings on my book for the next year. And I knew I'd saved enough where I could give myself a full shot for a year. And if it didn't work at that point, then I'd be like, okay, I tried my best. But I'm a pretty determined person. If I get something in my head that I want to go for, I'm going to definitely go after it. So
1: right. um,
2: I started taking clients like that. And here I am now, you know, 10 years later that I really love the whole scientific part behind flash extensions. I love being an educator because that was something that I had a very hard time with. When I got trained, it, I think there was like 16 or 18 of us in the two-day class that we were in. I didn't really get that one-on-one hands-on training, which I think is super important for Lash Extensions. Right. Um, And I didn't have anybody I could go talk to at that time. Right. You know, there was not really other Lash artists around me. Um, They had said, if you have any problems, such as like allergic reactions, let us know. We'll kind of walk it through with you. Um, and help you get to that point. But when that did occur, and one, I looked negligent for not even knowing if it was going to happen or how to talk to clients through those things. Right. And then I had nobody to help back me with mm. what that was when somebody had an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to kind of change that because I was like, I'm working around people's eyes. I have to have an answer. You know, they would tell you just use sensitive glue and they'll be fine. And the sensitive so glue is
1: terrible. In,
2: Yes. Well, one, it's not going to hold. No. But two, when people are allergic to the adhesive, they're allergic to the cyanoacrylates, which all of this semi- um, permanent adhesives, all of them have cyanoacrylates, even the sensitive glue. Right. So I went in and I said, hey, you're not going to have a reaction with the sensitive glue. Boom. It happens again. That lose the trust with the client. Mm-hmm. And it looks like I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like,
2: this, this has got to change. Like, we've got to be able to know what's going on. So that really made me want to dive in more education talk to other lash groups talk to ophthalmologists and say like what is really going on with the eye with this type of adhesive so um once i started getting connecting with other people you probably know like the lash industry was very hush hush quiet people won't tell you any or they used to not really tell you anything no and you know
1: we have an issue here when i got um trained there was only one salon here doing it And the only reason I got trained is because my mom really wanted me to do lashes on her. And then she realized that you actually have to have a fill and make appointments. And she didn't (laughs) like that so much (laughs) Um, that I wouldn't do that, like, at her house. And I was like, no, you got to come. But when I got trained, I actually had to go to Colorado because we don't have any trainers here for for Nova Lash. Because I started, I think, the year in – I did September of 2011. and. I had to go to Colorado and when I inquired about becoming a trainer a year or two later, they said, no, we don't need any trainers in Wyoming because you can just go to Colorado or Utah. So that made it where a lot of people weren't offering lashes, but then they also didn't really want them because no one was really offering them. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to get in. You had no backup. Like my trainer was great. She was a nice lady. But there were four of us, four or six of us in the class. It was an eight-hour class, and that was it. I was like, okay, well, and she's like, you know, just do some lashes and be on your way. And then I took the volume class in Vegas, what, like six years ago, five, six years ago? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the same thing. It was kind of like, do these, and you can call me if you have questions, but you don't need to have questions, kind of. And you're like, well, cool. I'll go home and figure this out on my own and it's yes. like
2: I mean no one wanted definitely. to help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely I saw that so much with that especially in the beginning. Now I feel like the industry is becoming more of a lash community, which I think is great. Right. Um, but I remember trying to reach out to people if you saw something like a picture of a full set that you loved, right? If you asked them, Hey, what kind of lashes were those or what kind of adhesive are you using, they wouldn't tell you. They're all secretive. And, and,
1: it's very secretive. Yes, and
2: I'm like, it doesn't matter whether I know all of your products. I'm still going to last differently than you do. I'm still going to bring my own flair to it. Right. So I always thought that was really kind of silly.
1: That's
0: typical um, of the entire understand. industry. I mean, remember in makeup Absolutely.
1: school when Gordon used to come in and do the makeup and, you know, and he's like, a lot of people are super secretive. He goes, I'm not secretive because you're not going to ever be me. You're always yeah. going to be you. Yeah. And I, that stuck it's with it. me on everything. Like I can give you all the yeah. information in the world you are still not going to be where I'm at because you haven't practiced where I'm at.
0: Yeah. And in the the beauty industry, everything is very vague. They teach you the very, very vague basics of everything. And then they're like, okay, go figure it out. Have a good time. And then
1: once you've figured it all
0: out, then you can be part of the cool kids club and
1: you know, and you're like, okay, well great. But now I don't really need to be. And Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I'm sure. Yeah.
2: It is. So that that was pretty much the whole reason why I definitely wanted to become an educator because I wanted to share all the tips and tricks and all the things that I have gone through right. my students are gonna go through. So I don't look at it as just a two day class. They come in for the two day class, but then I look at it as more of a mentoring. I suggest and advise them to contact me when they're having issues with retention. Let's troubleshoot these things everywhere that they've been. I've been there along my 10-year journey, and there have been times I've seen people get out of the lash industry because of those things. If you have clients who are going to come in and have retention issues, they're going to stop coming in, you know, if you can't keep keep that on. Or if you don't know about contact dermatitis and that happens, Mm. you're going to lose people that way. So, you know, and what I also find super interesting is still, no matter what lash course I've taken, I still have never been taught about... um, contact dermatitis and allergic reactions. No, they don't want to teach That's- you the
1: bad stuff because then they don't yeah. want you to be afraid to go in be like, oh, no, you know it's yeah but you know even with that retention that comment about retention we have a big issue in wyoming because it's so dry and windy yeah. and they don't yeah. teach you that that really they're yeah. not made for dry windy weather they are made yeah. for humid because when they you know nova lash is out of houston and when they say yeah. these can be you don't have to come in every what four to six weeks or something here yeah. i would be I putting a new set i know i'd be putting a new set on everybody I have a client who comes in weekly because she doesn't have very yeah. many lashes first. And if she's on her bike, you know, it's, they're bad. Mm-hmm. Like I have to yeah. almost do a full set every time, which is fine because she only has like 30 lashes on each side. <laughs> yeah, You know, but <laughs> she comes in weekly for that reason because, the, and they don't talk about the negative stuff. Like really they shouldn't be done in a place that is so dry or if they yeah. are done here, you have to know that you're probably going to fill them weekly. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be or a three to four a week.
2: Right. Or you have to know how to have your environment in the best possible conditions so you can make sure that your adhesive is curing enough, you know, because right. like my studio even in the winter stays pretty dry. Right. So it's something I go over with my um, my students that you have to make sure that you have your humidifier, that you know what your humidity levels yeah. are. If you're running out of 15, you're not going to be able to dry anything. You need right. to find where that sweet spot is. So things like that that I wasn't taught. No, nope, you know, they I'm don't like, teach These are it. Important things. These are important things that lash artists need to know. That's why I've seen so many lash artists, they start and they quit immediately because they don't have anybody to reach out to for those right. things. mm mm-hmm. So that was my big, big push of wanting to be an educator so I could help people. And the more I can help people, the more successful I'm going to be. You know, there is enough work. For everybody, there is enough work for everybody. I never wanted to be the best amongst the worst. I want to be the best amongst the best, mm-hmm. and I want to have a core group where you know I didn't have that core group until I really went out with the Bella Lash training to become an educator. That was the first time I really got to be around other people who did lashes, who are just as passionate about it as I was. That I could say, hey, what do you think about that L curl? Have you used that, or you know? So right. having a core group of people that you can talk to and help you is huge I I just think that the industry needs to have more of that
1: yes well and we see it in everything I mean I do waxing I'm one of the I think I am the only waxing studio in Casper like that does just waxing exclusively exclusively. there's other people who wax but I'm the only waxing studio and even trying to find people to work you can't and because People don't want to share their secrets, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I will tell you because you're not. I've been doing this for like 16 years, I'm really good at yeah. it, yeah, because yep. I practice yep. a lot, I do a lot, yep. but and I'm willing and you to. You don't share. have
2: to worry, yeah. And your clients and people who've been loyal to you are not just going to jump ship and then go to somebody who's starting no. brand new. That's why I'm like, it doesn't, we can share tips and tricks so that way when. I can't take, you know, I'm pretty much at a full capacity of where I can take clients and right. making sure I still got that work-life balance, which all of us struggle with. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, I want to be able, if I can't take you as a new client, I want to then say, hey, I trained Emma or I trained Diane right. to there in this yep. location, I know that they had good solid training, they're great, I'm, you yep. know
1: and that's what we're struggling with
2: Mm -hmm. and that's exactly
1: what heidi and i are struggling with because i am at capacity i'm booked out like three weeks yeah you know and when people i have lost some clients because people have moved so i am getting i always have like a rotation of new people in but when people are like oh you're so hard to get into it took me a month to get into you i don't have anybody to go hey this is who i'll send you to because i haven't specifically trained anyone i know other waxers but I don't know their skill and I haven't trained them. Their work, yeah. Yep. Yep. And they don't want you to teach them. People get out of school and they're like, oh, I did all the waxing. I was super good. And so I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, so here's yeah. the deal with waxing. People really don't want to go to someone who's been doing it less than five years. And I'm like, and yeah. I'm really sorry to say that because the only way you're going to do that is for doing it for five years. Mm-hmm. But... yeah. I'm willing to train people and we're actually looking at doing training, you know, classes cause we can, can start offering those. Oh, I we love can't that. find people who think they need the education, which is interesting. Well, people and that's wild to me. Isn't that's... it? Yeah.
2: People yes, also... cause look like I, I've been in this for 10 years of lashes and I am still taking other educational courses, things that I can learn. I possibly cannot know everything and I can learn. I mean, I even learn from my students when they're in, you know, I think when you start thinking, you know, everything, that's when you're you're in trouble because you've got to keep up with the education and how you can help somebody uh, learn a new tip or trick to change
0: their career. Well, I do sometimes feel that that's a small town mentality. Yeah, a lot of times it is like you know like you're gonna steal you're, all my people. Well, and you're in a small town, yeah. so who, yeah. So who can be better than me in this tiny town? Like right. you know, and and people yeah. people don't realize that if you do not train other people or learn new things, like if we didn't, if we can't train replacements when when we can't do it anymore, our clients are going to be SOL because we don't have anywhere to send yeah. them. Yeah, when I we mean, physically yeah. can't do the job.
1: Well, and my clientele base is probably about four to five hundred people, mm-hmm. there's no yeah. one who could take my clientele base. No. If I yeah, were to no, be like, that. I'm done tomorrow, because I see thirty five people a day sometimes. You know, wow, I that is incredible. It, <laughs> it is. And I've gotten really fast because I've been doing it really yeah. long. Mm-hmm. But I can't just hand over my clientele to a brand new person and be like, here, see a hundred clients this week. They would be like, What? Yeah. How yeah. much do you They'd work? And I work the second day. I work thirty hours a week. That's all I work. Incredible. I don't, I want that work life balance. So I work 30 hours, but yes. I want to train someone because I w- would like to work a little less and I would like to get people, you know, into someone else and to be like, cause I am going to have to hand this over at
0: some point because yes.
1: I don't want to be a 90 year old waxer.
0: Well, and there's, yes. and there's laws and there's laws in other States that are not in Wyoming that I like, especially in nails that I think are very dangerous. Like you don't have to be you don't have to be electric file certified in, in Wyoming. And which, so that just means any Joe Schmo can go get one and then just start using it. And to me, that's scary as hell because it's very dangerous, super dangerous. And so, you know, like I don't want to send my clients to somebody who hasn't I mean, like, I took a class in Vegas. I went to Vegas and took a class because I wasn't confident enough. Right. And I was like, you know what? If I don't have the confidence, like, I don't want to scrub somebody's hands because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And, you know, practicing on a practice hand is great, but it does not give you everything that you need to know. And so, you know, without destroying their fingernails. And so it's one of those things where if... I like, I don't, there's no nail tech in town that I'm like, oh yeah, go to this person because I don't, I don't know if they're certified or not. And I don't know, you know, so they're, you know, I've seen people who do beautiful work, but their, their e-file stuff is terrible. Right. And I'm just like, you know, that to me, that's more important than putting acrylic on pretty. Right. Because I can put it on pretty and it'll look great. But if underneath your nails are like raw and bleeding. Right. Right. That's, oh, and you know. I see
1: it with lashes. I've had to correct over the years so many bad lashes because, yeah. you know, where people glue it all together and then they're like, I don't know why my lashes hurt. And I'm like, well, sorry, yeah. we're going to, like, everything is going to fall out and this sucks. And I'm really sorry that this happened to you, but, yeah. you know, and yeah. they're not educating them with some aftercare and different things, which is also, I think, very, very important for any kind of service that you're doing.
2: Absolutely. And clients are going to be willing to do it. If you're investing, such as, you know, you're investing a full set of lashes with me, why would they not want to take care of them? Because they're going to be coming in for fills, you know? And that's all part of, again, where we're getting educated. That way we can educate our clients. We have to be able to educate our clients. Right. Um, So, and I also think with training, I think it's also important to look at where you are getting trained like what class you're going into what you're looking for because then i think you know some obviously trainers some people get into it for the wrong reason i've right. seen there's like a training class around us that is trying to do um you're learning classic volume microblading micro uh, brow lifting uh or lamination and eyebrow or lash um lifting in like a two-day class oh, like, with microblading
1: no- Oh, my yes, God. like with
2: all, I was like, there is no possible way. I'm like, are these people even certified? Like, that's crazy to me. Well, because people will say, okay, wow. well, it's $600, I'm going to get that because I can get all of these certifications under my belt. What? Um, that's like, insane. Uh, I, yeah. So I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't really definitely go for that, you know? Oh, my so, goodness. In that sense, I think that's great. You know, like, and Bella holds us to a pretty high standard. You know, Good. we have to have, we cannot have a certain more, um, like, the most uh, classes, I will not take more than six students in okay. a time. And I actually have taken that even lower. I like to do four um, because that way I really like to make sure they get that one-on-one with me. Mm-hmm. So I love that they're like that. And then also I really like that Bella, after they get certified or take their two-day mm-hmm. class with me, they still have to do five full sets and send uh, pictures in their portal of before and after. And those have to be approved before they even get their certificate. Now they can practice doing lashes, but I approve it first. And I tell all of my students, I'm not just going to approve bad work. Like isolation has got to be on point. If I just tell you, yes, that's great. And it's got bad isolation and the lashes are going wonky. That's not going to help you. No. So I always tell them, you know, you're a reflection of me. I'm going to tell you guys where you need to work on what you
0: need to work. So I can help you. Yeah. Well, so if you want to um, get better, you listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want to yeah. get better, you like the critiques you, you know, yes. you take it you like yep. being told that, that, that you could do this better right. because you want yeah. to be better absolutely
2: and can i also just take a second and pause and say congratulations to both of you being completely booked and taking those many clients because i know people don't think that necessarily it can happen in the beauty industry <laughs> right i know all three of us have done it so it's like yeah. congratulations i know it's been it hasn't always been easy and i know you've put in a lot of time and effort to make that happen but that's a huge huge spot to get in your career yeah, it really is. It is i think
1: you know When people first start out and they're like, oh, when am I going to get my books? Just know, guys, you will get there. It's just hard work, continuing education, and, you know, you just have to push through and believe in
0: yourself. Yeah, believing in yourself and knowing. And asking for help. Yeah, but knowing knowing that, you know, with time, if you keep putting forth... The your maximum effort, then you know you will get you will get your maximum retention, right. and you will get maximum yeah. referrals, and you will, you yeah. know, like there's tons of that. If you make sure that you are really good and you are really professional, mm-hmm. you can yeah. you can stay busy all the time.
1: Yep. Yes,
2: and taking care of your client, actually caring. I never wanted my clients to feel like this is a meat market where they're coming in and out and you're Mm. just a number. You know, I make connections with my clients. A lot of them have even been with me for 10 years. They've seen me before I got married and had kids and have followed me from wherever I've gone um, because they invested in me and I invested in them as well. And so I think that goes a far way too. And like how you said, to think positive, like I'm a big person on vision boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I mean I will people probably think I'm crazy I talk to myself in front of the mirror every morning <laughs> and got to put out my intent and say like you are awesome because I think everybody can get in their head I've gotten in my head several times in my industry right. um, where you start to get that self-doubt and I think that you've got to we've got to get out of our own heads um, and get out of that comfort zone because that's where we grow the most yep and to know like If you keep, like you said, if you keep at it and you keep practicing, you will get better. But you've got to believe in yourself for sure. I think 70% of it is definitely mindset. Absolutely. Um, And like the 30% is doing the actual craft. Well, and I think (laughs) a lot
1: of it is remembering that you don't know everything. I think this is where so many people get stuck or like in our, you know, in our state where it's hard to get the education, people are like, well, I can't afford it. You know, I'm good enough. Uh, this is fine. Yeah. I'm like, do you just want to be good enough or do you want to be amazing? Do you want to love yes. going to work? Do you want to love w- what you're putting out there for people or do you want to be like, well, this will do? <laughs> yeah.
0: Meh. yeah. Well, it's, right. it's, it's ah, also, it's okay. yeah, it's also extremely rewarding when, um, when you've been, when you've had a client for a really long time because I've watched, I mean, I've had a client since almost day one yep. and she's still with me and, um, it's fun. It's been fun watching her kids go through grade school, junior high, high school. Now they're married and they're having their own children. And it makes me, wow. it makes me feel old, but, <laughs> <clears throat> but it's very rewarding because right. I know about her family and, right. you know, I can see her out in public and we can stop and chat and have a conversation. Right. It's not weird. And, yeah. you know, so that right there, even that's just a huge bonus for me as well. Like, Absolutely. You know. And
1: well, and you know, we had a rough couple weeks here where we lost a couple clients mm. and, um, you know, so you do get attached to people because yeah. they are part of your life. And, mm-hmm. you know, luckily we do get to see people before they get married and kids and all mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, the other hard part is you do sometimes lose them and they do grow old yeah. and they do die. And mm-hmm. it, it hurts and you're allowed to feel that way. Yeah.
0: And yeah, they pass away and you're just kind of, and then you have, then I have a client who's quite elderly. She's in her nineties. And, um, every time the phone rings and it's her phone number, like my heart stops for a minute. Because sure. I because I just never know what the phone calls about. right? So I'm like, uh, and then when I say hello, she usuallys on the phone and I'm like, "Okay, phew. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's not today. It's <laughs> not today. So, yeah,,
1: <sighs> you know it's the big thing is, you know, really build a relationship with your clients and they will build one with you. Yes,
2: a thousand percent.